what do Austin Powers supervillain Dr. Evil and El Salvadoran president Nayib Bukele have in common? Well, apparently a lot, depending on who you talk to. There are plenty of those out there that say that President Bukele is an aspiring young dictator, and they both have a secret volcanic lair. That and more, plus today is Wednesday, September 29th, which means it's time to dollar cost average. Get ready to stack those sats, you sexy sat stackers. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Welcome to the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast DCA Wednesday edition. As I stated, today is Wednesday, September 29th, 2021, and this is going to be our 10th stack in our dollar cost average series. We're getting a little bit later start than usual again today, and that is because I've been following the price action as Bitcoin has been swinging all the way down from a low of 40,900-ish all the way back up to about 42,600, and then, uh, well, it's just been on a ride, which is precisely why we are trying to take advantage of dollar cost averaging. But before we get into that, as I alluded to earlier, if you follow uh, almost anybody on crypto Twitter, but especially if you follow uh, El Salvadoran President Nayib Bukele, uh, you will have seen that he tweeted out a, a short video clip featuring their latest Bitcoin mining facility, uh, which appears to be a container miner, at one of their volcano-powered hydrothermal power plants. Not only is that really cool, it's also a big deal. One of the things that the Bitcoin maxis have been pointing to for years, as far as hyper-Bitcoinization goes, is nation-state adoption. And not just nation-state adoption, as in using Bitcoin as legal tender, like El Salvador already does, but also nation-state stockpiling Bitcoin. And in this case, going beyond stockpiling Bitcoin and actually not only contributing to chain security, but having a pretty darn clean and cheap way to stack those sats. Prior to President Bukele tweeting the video clip, uh, he was being mocked relentlessly by anti-Bitcoiners. Uh, one of the more popular tweets being a, a basically the Wojak meme with saying uh, with a, the Wojak being a Bitcoin maxi screaming, but my volcano miners. And then... Uh, uh, the Chad figure saying, well, that's just something stupid Bitcoin maxis fantasize about or something along those lines. But as usual, Bitcoin has had the last laugh. Another huge deal that happened basically like a day after we last stacked was that the two jacks have teamed up to help integrate Bitcoin payment into Twitter. Um, and this is something that I've yet to look into in depth uh, when the news first came out, it hadn't actually been integrated into my version of Twitter on my phone yet, so I haven't played with it, but we're definitely going to have to do so in an upcoming episode. It does not take a rocket surgeon to figure out just how big that is going to be for the Bitcoin and payment system space. And in a week that's been quite a down week for the stock markets and Bitcoin in general, it doesn't seem to be anything but good news out there. Other than China banning Bitcoin for the 15th time, Bitcoin for the 15th time, all the news out there seems to be bullish for Bitcoin. Of course, as we mentioned in a previous episode and as Plan B is tweeted out on Twitter, 
September just seems to be a down month for Bitcoin and for the stock market in general. And that has certainly played out with only a day left in September. Uh, the stock market's down, Bitcoin's down, pretty much everything's down. Uh, but as we pointed out before, Bitcoin was also down in September 2013 and in September 2017. And we saw what happened immediately after that in both cases. Even the the government's going to crush Bitcoin FUD hasn't been rearing its ugly head recently, with SE Chief Gary Gensler reiterating his support for a Bitcoin futures ETF. And while he's not necessarily indicated that he's getting ready to approve a physical Bitcoin ETF, the fact that he would even approve a futures ETF is a huge improvement over the stance the SEC has previously taken towards Bitcoin. So why is Bitcoin down? Is it because of Evergrande? Is it because of the stock market correction? Is it because September is just always a down month for Bitcoin and the markets? Who knows? But just looking at the news out there, I'm a firm believer that this bull run is nowhere near over. Although, Willie Wu, for example, was just on the Peter McCormick podcast saying that he doesn't think that we're going to be in a cycle anymore. Every halving, people say that the uh, halving is either going to cause the end of Bitcoin or that the halving is no longer going to have any effect because uh, once you start cutting in half the difference between 25 and 12 and a half or six and three, uh, as it diminishes, will have less of an impact. So uh, maybe he's right. Maybe we've seen the end of the Bitcoin cycle but either way, we have not seen the end of Bitcoin adoption. Things are just getting rolling. El Salvador is just the first in a long list of countries that will be adopting Bitcoin before it's all said and done. And we have yet to see institutional adoption really take off. In my humble opinion, that's because just as soon as Michael Saylor got Elon Musk on board, uh, Elon Musk torpedoing the Bitcoin position on Twitter so publicly, probably gave pause to a lot of the companies that might have been thinking about putting BTC on their on their balance sheets and the uh, recent price action being down so far from our all-time high that was just a couple of months ago really uh, might be acting as a discouragement as well not to mention corporations are required to report Bitcoin in such an obscenely weird and draconian way that it makes it difficult to hold it on its balance sheets so until we get maybe a little more clarity or some improvement in the tax reporting purposes for corporations, um, that could be a hindrance as well. But that being said, uh, that just means things can only get better. All right, so with all that being said, I look at these dips as a blessing more than a curse, as an, as an opportunity to stack those sats that we were worried we didn't have enough of just a couple of months ago when Bitcoin was at 64,000. Part of the beauty of dollar cost averaging is you stack every dip. Um, so they say, you know, BTFD, buy the dip. And if you are dollar cost averaging and you want to keep adding to your stack, taking advantage of those dips can only help add to your position. But the very nature of dollar cost averaging means that you're going to catch all of those dips. And here we are getting ready to catch a dip. But as usual, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. In case you haven't joined us before, and hopefully you have, and you've been stacking alongside of us, dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. As the saying goes, time in the markets beats timing the markets every time. And if you have been stacking with us, this is going to be our 10th stack in this journey. We started on July 28th, just nine weeks ago, and we've stacked nine times. Uh, we've been stacking $20 each time. We picked the number 20, 
the amount of $20 because that's a relatively small amount for most of my listeners in the United States and Europe. Uh, but it's a significant amount over time. As you can see, it's already added up to $180. We're, gonna, we're getting ready to turn that into $200. So for a lot of people who maybe $200 is just money they don't have, money they can't afford to invest, uh, if you had stacked $20, which most people probably can't afford, even if it means you don't go out for drinks tonight or you don't hit Starbucks or the drive-thru you know, for lunch this afternoon, just stacking those $20 consistently has already added up to what would be a, 20, uh, a $200, uh, $200 investment uh, if you had $200. And again, this is not financial advice. This is just an experiment where we're showing how dollar cost average works and you can look at my experience and, and decide for yourself. And maybe uh, even if you have been stacking, you've been stacking a little more or a little less. As they say, never invest money that you can't afford to lose. And so you do you and you pick an amount that, that you feel comfortable with, but uh, we're gonna stack $20. And um, as you can see, $20 is uh, already added up to $200. And if you're in El Salvador, that's almost an entire month's income for the average family down there. So a little bit adds up quickly, especially when you're consistent. All right, so really quick, a look at the vital statistics. While I've been job owning, Bitcoin has recovered quite a bit today. Uh, it's currently at a price of $42,875 and a block height of 702795 As I previously stated, this is going to be our 10th stack. We've invested $180 so far, and that is at an average cost of $45,901.74. So we're underwater just a little bit right now. Uh, but the beauty of dollar cost averaging is we're going to snag the dip here. Although if I'd had just gotten around to buying when I was first thinking about it, we would have bought a little cheaper. Uh, maybe you already did. Uh, or maybe by the time you hear the podcast, who knows what the price will be. Maybe it'll be down even more. Uh, but the beauty of dollar cost averaging is uh, we're going to purchase and that's going to change our cost basis and contribute to our stack in a manner that will hopefully be uh, positive in the long run. As usual, we're going to stack using Cash App. Uh, Cash App has made a couple of modifications since uh, we last spoke. On the last Bitcoin uh, DCA Wednesday, I had mentioned that they added the ability to uh, do limit orders, to set purchase orders for a specific price instead of just smash buying, as they say. Uh, and then uh, since that time, they've also changed their rules on withdrawing. One of the reasons I was recommending uh, Cash App is because even though you pay a two and a quarter percent fee for investing, you didn't pay anything to withdraw your Bitcoin to your wallet. And so sometimes that either makes up for the fee a little bit as opposed to using maybe a less expensive service or, or makes up for it completely, depending on how expensive transaction fees are at the time. Since then, Cash App has also made some modifications to their withdrawal policy. Uh, I made a withdrawal on Friday to my hardware wallet from a different uh, stash. And I noticed that when I did so, it let me choose priority withdrawal, which was going to cost me 11 cents. Uh, it was going to cost me 252 Satoshis, which at the time was 11 cents. A rush withdrawal, which would be within two hours. Uh, and that would have been 166 Satoshis uh, or only seven cents or they still have the standard withdrawal, which says it will arrive within 24 hours and that was free if as long as you're transferring a minimum of uh, what they say, a minimum 0.001 BTC. So um, I chose standard and it showed up uh, within 
within in less than an hour. And again, that's going to depend on how busy the network is. Uh, but just so you know, that's different than what I've spoken about in previous episodes where I said they would allow you to withdraw your Bitcoin for free. So you still can currently withdraw for free as long as you uh, follow those criteria. And speaking of transaction volume, one of the other things we haven't spoken about yet in this podcast is the 24-hour transaction rate is down quite a bit from last week. Uh, last week, it was 3.3 transactions per second on average. And right now, it's standing at 2.85 transactions per second. And I haven't looked into it any further than that, but that is lower than I like to see it. However, looking at the mempool, uh, the mempool is quite full. There's Earlier, there were 20. It was Earlier, it was going to require 20 blocks to clear the mempool. That's down to 12 blocks to clear the mempool now. So that 24-hour transaction rate was probably lower uh, when... Bitcoin was sagging or before people started picking up the dip. Uh, apparently the transaction volume is picking up. It just hasn't reflected in the statistic that I'm looking at right now. So again, I like to see better than 3.14 or three and a half transactions per second. Uh, when I see anything below three transactions per second, that usually indicates to me that, that there are not that many people purchasing or buying or selling Bitcoin. And that often leads to volatility in price because Obviously, it makes sense that the less Bitcoin that's being traded, the easier it is to manipulate that price either up or down. All right, before we miss out on the dip any further, let's make that stack. So I'm going to open up my handy dandy cash app. And I usually don't keep a whole lot of money on my cash app, but I've already got the money there today. So I'm going to click on the Bitcoin button. I'm going to click on the buy Bitcoin button. Going to enter $20. Hit next. And it's thinking about it. And it says, confirm your purchase. We're going to buy $19.55 worth of Bitcoin because there's that 45 cent transaction fee. And I'm going to click confirm. And thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Boom. You have purchased 45,629 Satoshis. And that's going to lower our average cost basis down just a little bit to $45,685.99. More importantly, that's increased our stack to 437,771 sats. Hey, if you've been enjoying this podcast and you would like to help support us, there are a number of ways you can do so. Obviously, as we mentioned, if you do have the ability to tip on Twitter and you're not already, you can follow us and we're at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter. Uh, so we'd appreciate the follow. And uh, if you have the ability, you can tip us there. Also, if you don't have the Cash App already and you would like to use the Cash App to add to your stack, there is a referral link in the show notes. And if you sign up for Cash App and follow their terms and conditions, but if you do so by clicking on that referral link in the show notes, uh, you'll get five bucks free and we'll get five bucks free as well just for you signing up. Another way is I've written several books, but the one that is most relevant to this podcast is Understanding Bitcoin for Noobs, and it's available at both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And obviously by purchasing any of my books, that will help support the podcast. You can also support us directly through Anchor.com and there's a support link in the show notes. And last but not least, we also include a Base32 Bitcoin address in the show notes where you can send us Bitcoin directly if you choose to do so. And if you'd like to contact me or give us any suggestions on what you'd like about the show or what you don't like about the show, again, we're at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter. And you can also contact me via email at 
bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast, DCA Wednesday edition. As usual, thank you for listening, and keep stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers. <laughs>